This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain that every single thing you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a length of time, you know that's true. So on the way here, you know, I have to drive here in a car. Oh, by the way, we always start now with the headlines of the day. Uh, my producer, Ramon, said he enjoyed last week's headline of the day so much that we're going to do it again. So um, I was looking through the paper and said, TV ad sales are way down. Uh, you remember TV. It's, isn't that that thing we used to watch before Netflix? I think that's what that was. Anyway, so um, so I'm driving here through the lovely Biltmore area in Phoenix, Arizona, driving past the Wrigley Mansion. We're in the shadow of the Wrigley Mansion. You know, the Wrigley, the, those, those gum people, they own like everything in Chicago. Now, there's other Wrigley Mansions. You know, when I grew up, I thought, oh, the Wrigleys have this mansion. This is their only thing. But I've been to one in Lake Geneva in uh, Illinois or Wisconsin or Illinois somewhere. I don't know where I was. Uh, they, I think there's one in Los Angeles. So they've, these people have a lot of money selling little sticks of gum. Now, when I'm so old, when I was a little kid, I can remember when gasoline cost 17 cents a gallon and you could buy a stick of gum or, you know, for a penny. So for a nickel, you could get a whole pack of gum, five sticks of gum. And by selling Sticks of gum, packs of gum, one at a time, they built these mansions and amassed this massive fortune, and uh, it made me think of real estate. Really, you get rich one little cold call at a time, you know, one little open house at a time. It's one – like don't – I don't think the Wrigley family thought, oh, we're going to be gugillionaires by selling gum. They just had a good idea and said, hey, we're going to make – we're going to make this gum and uh, maybe other people will like it too. And then it catches on and pretty soon it has a momentum of its own. So that's the way it is for fearless agent coaching students. You know, you start doing the things that other agents don't want to do, a little thing I like to call work. And you prospect and, you know, that one thing leads to another. So you take a listing and the people are very very satisfied because you're a fearless agent. You did everything right and they got their house sold for way more than it's worth. And then they refer you to a couple of other people and then you list their houses and not right away maybe, but you know, you list their houses and then they refer you to a couple of other people and pretty soon that is compound interest. It's a snowball effect and you're making way more money than you could any other way. So that really is what business is about. It's not just real estate. So I like to look at the things that agents typically are doing wrong that cost them lots of money and, uh, you know, kind of like dumb ideas and dispelling the myths that you you see out there. So um, I'm always in, interested in statistics that uh, belie the facts that the media is telling us. So one one of the what is the what are the dumbest ideas I've ever seen in the history of real estate? Okay, one of them is buying leads. I, I for the life of me 
cannot understand why agents buy leads. So um, I remember when the the interwebs was a brand new thing. I was an agent, and uh, you know, the, some some salesperson cold calls me and says, "Hey, Bob, you know uh, what you can do is be the uh, exclusive agent for this zip code or this area of Phoenix, and then you can get leads." for buyers, um, you know, in that area. And I said to the person who cold called me, I said, uh, listen, uh, are you aware that open houses are legal? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, if I can hold an open house for free and get more than enough buyers, why would I ever pay you money to sell me those same buyers that are going to come through my open house anyway? The whole thing seems crazy to me. And then he says, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. And he was uh, pretty crappy at objection handling, I must say. But the moral of the story is he cold called me. So we know cold calling works because there are a whole lot of agents out there buying leads because they got cold called by a guy who was willing to do what those very same agents were unwilling to do, which is cold call. So if you cold call, you'll get plenty of business. And if you buy leads, then you get these leads in your in-basket, in your uh, emails, and then you look at those phone numbers, and what do you have to do? Oh, you have to cold call them, don't you? So the, the thing is crazy. None of that makes sense to me. So that's, that's a pretty dumb idea. Then there's the uh, teams. Of all the ideas that are absolute insanity, no ideas – no single idea, bad idea, I think, has destroyed more careers in real estate and put more Keller Williams market centers out of business. So um, the team thing is based on we're going to buy a bunch of leads and then give them to these, these agents. So I have a bunch of people that I coach, and they were originally making no money as a listing agent on a team. So they were cold calling, which is what they should have been doing. And then they realize, hey, I'm pretty good at this cold calling thing and I'm making money. And then they coach with me and they get much better at it. Then they leave the team and they make in their very first year coaching with me like three or four or five, maybe ten times as much money as the team leader of the team they were on that had ten people on it. So they by themselves are making way more money. So there's mistakes that teams make. Just being a team is probably the biggest mistake. But the other thing is the branding. Uh, if you are a, an agent, you know, I go on LinkedIn. I'll see people on LinkedIn. And it'll say the, uh, uh, the Gonzalez group or something or the, uh, the Johnson team, okay? Well, the reality is there is no team. It's just that agent. They got their license five minutes ago, and somebody told them that if it, they're going to look like a big deal if they call themselves the Johnson Group. But the truth is nobody's fooled by that, and it's a lie. So I would say if you're going to lie, and I don't recommend lying, uh, and you have a team, keep it a secret. Don't tell anybody because I would go on listing appointments and – when I would go, I'd get the listing, and there was this famous agent. They were literally the number one producing team 
um, of any size for uh, in Phoenix. And uh, I would get the every time I would go up against that team, I would always get the listing. And virtually, I would always get the listing no matter who I went up against. But one of the things that I would always hear from the sellers, I'd say, you know, I know you, uh, I'd see their materials, by the way. When I would go on the listing appointment, I would already see their materials. And I would think to myself, oh, good, I'm going to get the listing. So uh, I'd say, you know, thank you for choosing me. By the way, I know you talked to some other agents. And uh, why did you pick me? And they said, you know, I always thought they were going to say, Bob, first of all, you're extremely good looking, uh, amazing, you know, model, Hollywood types, you know, good looks. And your listing presentation, unbelievable, over the top, great, 10 times better than anything else we've ever seen. That's why we picked you. No, what they normally said was, well, the other people we met with were on a team and we didn't want that. And I'd say every once in a while I'd say, well, "Why is that?" And they'd say, "Well, you know, we didn't want to, we didn't know who we were going to get, you know." So if the person who had been on the team never mentioned they were on the team, I probably still would have got the listing. But it was interesting to me. It was almost like a survey. The average consumer doesn't think in their mind. If you say, "Hey, are you thinking of selling your house?" and they go, "Yes," and they say, "How would you? How would you choose your agent?" They wouldn't say, well, the first thing we want is a team. They would say, well, we'd pick a, a realtor this way. They don't think we'd pick a team of realtors this way. It just kind of goes against everything, just common sense. So branding yourself, anybody who knows anything about branding knows that when adding group or team or and associates to your marketing is a disaster. So if your name is Sheila Johnson – you don't want to brand yourself as the Sheila Johnson group or the she Sheila Johnson team. You want to brand yourself as Sheila Johnson. Now, I had a 50-50 partner and we had multiple assistants. Now, I could have said, oh, I have a team very easily. But I knew that that would be a mistake. So when I'm face-to-face -face with the seller sitting across from them, I want them to think that they're getting me. And in some sense, you know, they, they are, but I want them to at least say, hey, Bob's going to be the guy. So uh, if you're marketing yourself in any other way than you being the brand, okay, so now I worked for Century 21. So in my marketing materials, which I would probably never do again, honestly, if I had to do it over, Bob Leffler was huge. You know, first of all, I have an impossible to spell or pronounce last name, but it's kind of unique. And uh, everybody says Loeffler. It's actually Leffler. It's a German thing. But, uh, you know, it's recognizable. So my name is the brand. So when I have my marketing materials, my name is huge. I happen to work for Century 21. Microscopically in the corner, you would see the Century 21 logo. Now, Century 21 is the most famous brand uh, without a doubt. If I went into a mall and I had 100 old people gathered, random old people that are homeowners and they have enough equity in their home to pay me with – and I went up to them and I was wearing a gold jacket holding a gold post with no sign on it 
and I said, what does this mean? 100% of them would know that means Century 21. If I had a hot air balloon with no logo on it, um, maybe half of them would know that that was Remax. After that, I'm not sure there's too many brands that would really stand out. So if you, you know, the, that, the brand is important. I'm not saying that like having a bad brand would be, would be a bad idea. There used to be a, uh, a uh, company in my town and the name of the real estate company was Weary Realty. You know, like I, I was always thinking I would call them up and they go, hello, like, like sound like Eeyore or something. But, you know, that's a bad brand name, you know, out of uh, out of control real estate company. That would be bad. So as long as you don't have a bad brand, but your name is the brand. So go with that. Buy your name dot com uh, and don't add something to it. It's not the McDonald's group. It's not McDonald's and Associates. It's not McDonald's team. It's McDonald's hamburgers. It's not Nike group. It's not Nike and Associates. It's Nike tennis shoes, right? So the other thing that I see agents doing wrong is they co-brand themselves in marketing with a title company or a mortgage company or a home inspector or a you know septic fix-it guy. That's that's insanity. So, and then uh, the other thing that teams where teams make mistakes is having buyer agents. So, uh, I had a lady that I coach come to me, and she had a team. She is on every panel that that uh, Keller Williams would put out. She'd be on the panel t- promoting how to do your team right. So she's, you know, very nice, very nice lady. She did 10 people on her team. They did $27 million in production. And I have my very first conversation with her before I started coaching her. And I said, uh, you know, my numbers, I'm guessing, but my numbers tell me that you probably had taxable income last year of about $70,000. Is that correct? She goes, that's right. I'm broke. Now, my partner in this business, not my partner in real estate, but my partner in this business, she was a real estate agent, I think, near that that lady, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, she did $27 million in production. She earned $750,000 a year by herself with one assistant. So it doesn't take 10 people to do that. So the minute you add a buyer agent, you're adding somebody that you shouldn't be adding. So if you're, if you're a very successful agent and you're booking five listing appointments a week as a solo agent, then you could afford to have an assistant, an assistant. So that would be the first thing you do is have an assistant. And maybe the next thing you do would be to have another assistant that does something else. But you could refer the buyers to other agents, but they wouldn't be brand new agents who don't know what they're doing. They'd be experienced agents, and it wouldn't always be the same agent. It would, and it certainly wouldn't be somebody that would ever consider being on your team. If somebody would be willing to be on your team, you know they're not somebody you would ever want to refer business to. So not having the team was what I said to the lady. I said, you know, if I'm going to coach you, I'm going to tell you to get rid of the team. You might not do it, but you're going to get rid of the team. She says, no, I'm going to do it. So she gets rid of the team, 
earns the same amount of money, just keeps it all, and uh, you know, much better way to go. So the other thing, and by the way, if any of the stuff, I know this is so controversial because everybody says, everything we talk about here is the opposite of what the entire industry tells you, of course, because I care about you getting rich and making money. But if any of the stuff we talk about on our podcast ever makes any sense to you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, and if you're the type of person who's open to the idea of having some help, probably you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you weren't. But if you'd like to learn more, you can always call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That's toll-free. That's my cell phone. Let's just see if you and what you're trying to do and what we do here at Fearless Agent, if it would you know, even be a good fit. If it is, you're going to get rich. If it's not a good fit, I'm still happy to help you, and, and I have lots of ways of helping you. So um, I'm, you can always call me, whether I coach you or not. You can always call me at 480-385-8810. Uh, I love talking to realtors. Don't think you're bothering me. I have a whole team of people to take every other thing away from me so I can talk to you. Please do not email me and do not text me. And if you want to make money in real estate, don't email or text anybody. Pick up the phone. Call me at 480-385-8810. You can also go to fearlessagent.com. I highly recommend if you haven't yet, watch our free webinar. It's about 45 minutes long. Take a lot of notes. Go to our video training page. Go to the speaking page. There's a um, excerpt from a two-day event there that you would kind of take some notes. That would help you, I think. But uh, the free videos on my website would be insanely better coaching than you would pay any other coach in America for. That is my guarantee. And if you ever have a question, you can always call me because we want to help you be successful in real estate, whether I coach you or not. Another uh, another idea um, is, you know, open houses. Some Now, I coach people who only work uh, buyers, some people I coach, they don't want to do listings. It is their preference that they only do buyers. Would they make more money if they only worked sellers? Yeah, probably, but maybe not because they wouldn't like it as much. So they like buyers. So if that's your, if that's your thing, no problem at all. Uh, and if you're not going to buy leads and you're going to focus on buyers – and you don't have any listings, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? Well, let me, let me give you an idea. So, and this would work for you if you're a, if you're a listing mostly or listly, listing only person too, so you have listings. But find some other agent's listings and do an open house strategy, okay? So the open house strategy would involve two agents. So let's say me and Sally, okay? So Sally is going to be my air quotes partner in this arrangement. And we would have a presenting agent and a showing agent. Now, I like listings. Sally likes buyers, okay? So we come up with a system where I'm going to be the presenting agent and she's going to be the showing agent. Now, uh, we're going to do a 50-50 split. So every buyer we get, we're going to split it 50-50. If we get listings from the open house, uh, I'm going to either do those all on my own or we could even agree to split those 50-50. So whatever, whatever we think is fair. So 
Sally's job is the showing agent. So she's going to – now, one thing about open houses, now, me personally, I would rather stab myself in the eye than hold an open house. But it really is because it's so much work, okay? Sitting at the desk all day, banging out cold calls for 10 hours would be so easy compared to – and more profitable – Compared to schlepping out all the signs, setting up signs in the uh, winter or in the heat or, you know, in in the uh, Arizona, we only have summer. We don't even have winter. But if we had winter, you know, it would be cold, I guess. So, But I don't like flailing with the signs and putting up the signs. And then you got to go to the open house and then you have to uh, – you know, kick the sellers out and then you have to straighten up, make the bed, you know, hide the pets in the dishwasher, whatever you got to do. Straighten up, turn all the lights on, unlock everything so people have unfettered access to looking through your drawers. And then you you sit there for four hours or however long you're going to be there, you know, greeting the people, doing what we do as fearless agents. And then you have to shut it down and then go pick up all the signs. Well, that's a lot of work, okay? So I'm kind of lazy. I don't really like that. So what if I would put up the signs for you on your next open house? I would just say, hey, for free, I'll go, I'll go put up the signs. And then you just go right to the house. And then you open up the house, of course. And then I say, and by the way, when you're done, I'll take down the signs. So you didn't have to worry about that. Well, now, wouldn't that make the whole open house a lot less work and a lot easier? And by the way, if you book appointments with the buyers and uh, you you know have them come into your office and you give them the the fearless agent buyer presentation, you get you get them make sure they have enough money that you know enough down payment money that they can win the bidding war. And that make their sure they're pre-approved through your lender, or they have cash, and then make sure they're real right now buyers, and make sure they sign the buyer broker agreement. So you're able to do all that because you're a fearless agent, no problem. And then you give me this raving fan endorsement. You say, you know what, this Bob guy, he's he's so much better than I would ever be at finding you the per- perfect house. So. I'm going to have Bob take you out. He's going to show you houses. So Bob is going to me. I'm going to search the MLS. You've asked them all the questions. I'm going to take that. I'm going to search the MLS. I'm going to have them go through the list and weed out all the stuff that they don't want. So we're only looking at the ones they do. Then we go out. I show them all the houses. I ask them to buy every house we show them, like a fearless agent would, by saying, could you live here? And then I write it up. I, I get it accepted. Then they're under contract. I handle everything from there. I close it. Now, would you pay me 50% for doing that? Now, the only time you've invested is the four hours in the open house and the time it took to meet with them, which was maybe another two hours, and you get 50% of a commission. I went and did how goodness knows how many hours I spent with them. I get the other 50%. And none of us did anything that we didn't like. So I didn't do anything I didn't like. Now, I don't, I'm not thrilled about whole, you know, putting up the open house signs, but it was no big deal. And then four hours later, I took them down. So if you have a partner in that now, when you're in the open house, by the way, any 
future business that comes from that buyer, like they want to list that house in the future, I get to keep that, okay? So it's 50-50 on that one commission, but you would be making much higher dollars per hour than you would even if you took a listing because there's a lot of work when you take a listing. So the only purpose of the open house, and this is what people forget, is to book appointments. So please write that down. The only purpose of an open house is to book appointments. And the way you do that is by asking one question and not doing what agents do in open houses. And what do agents do in open houses? They hand people stuff. They say crazy things. They say, are you working with a realtor? And the buyer says, uh, yeah, that's the ticket. We're working with the realtor. Yeah, that's it. See, I, that, that gets me away from you. you. It blows off the salesperson. So never ask dumb questions. Okay, rule number one of fearless agent, always, always get your question answered, but don't ask dumb questions. So n- you're not allowed to ask people if they're working with a realtor. Your uh, only purpose in the open house is to book an appointment to get them to meet with you in your office after they've been pre-approved through your lender, after you know they have enough money to put down because your lender told you that, so that they can win, which is 20 or 40%. So we're eliminating all the FHA, VA people that you don't want to mess with. And the, the, you never hand anybody anything in the open house. What you do is you get something. You don't give stuff. You get it. What you get is the answer to the question, could you live here? So my mentor, Floyd Wickman, taught me when you show houses, ask them to buy every house you show them. And the way you do that is you say, could you live here. And they say, oh, no. No, I hate this neighborhood. Well, we're not going to change the neighborhood, right? So I'd say, so So there's no way you would live in this house ever. Yeah, that's right. Hate the neighborhood. Hate this house. Hate this floor plan. Hate everything. Okay, why are we still here? Okay, people will hang around and keep pointing out features and talking benefits and houses that the person would never buy. So get out, go to the next one, and ask them, could you live here? No, I couldn't live here. Okay, well, what would have to be different in this house in order for you to live here? Well, I hate this carpet. Okay, so well, that's changeable. What would you change it to? Well, I'd change it to this. Okay, what, what else would have to be different? So you've, you find out that they could live there if these things were changed that are changeable with money, and they have money. So... Then you're going to book the appointment the way fearless agents do, and they've, you know, they've got enough money to win the bidding war. Then you meet them in the office, and then you turn them over to your showing agent partner who is an experienced agent. They know what they're doing. They're not somebody that's brand new. They've been years in the business. They're somebody that you would trust with your buyer or you as a buyer would feel comfortable working with. So, um, so that's the secret. So, by the way, I don't if and again, if this stuff that that makes sense to you uh, 
that we do here at the podcast. I want to thank you very much for joining us today. I want you to please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. Don't forget to watch every video on our website. Don't forget to call me if you have a question. If you think you can't afford coaching, you might be wrong. Who knows? You can call me either way at 480-385-8810. Please do give us a five-star review of this podcast on iTunes. And until next week, do what all fearless agents do. We always have fun because if it ain't fun, we ain't doing it. Always, now that you have these amazing skills that nobody else has, be humble and above all, be fearless. Bye, gang. Oh,